You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, everybody. But before we get to our show, our favorite source of Get Strong material is Great Lakes Gear. So we partnered up with them. Um, Kettlebells, barbells, pull-up bars. We have one in our living room. Um, What the pandemic has taught us all is that you better have a gym at home because you can't count on the real ones being open. And now to the point where we've canceled all our gym memberships because we've got a great gym at home. Um, So... If you want fitness equipment that is good quality, uh, good prices, and uh, you're ready to make some real progress, then go to greatlakesgearia.com, use promo code LIVEWILD to save 5%. Uh, and you know if you're not sure what to get, uh, one of our listeners you know, messaged us like last week, and I gave him a whole thing of like, Here's how to get started with kettlebells. Um, so if you want to not sure what to get, contact us. We're, we're more than happy to help you out. And it perfectly ties into today's episode, which is about the physical uh, health and I think psychological transformation that comes from you, when you make a big change and you change yourself. And because my co-host, Catherine, is the, the subject of today's episode, uh, I would hand it over to her. <laughs> Thanks, Winston. Yeah, um, it, this is a great, uh, I'm really excited to, to talk about this topic today because honestly, it wasn't until recently that uh, people started to say, hey, Um, yeah, you're in the muscular category. Um, so this test you're taking, you have to take an account that you're highly muscular. (laughs) I'm like, really? Isn't it like every girl? No, not every girl is like that. Um, so there's been a couple instances where it's like, you're coming out of the closet. You're not realizing, yes, you are strong. And so, um, to put it in perspective, I've lost 60 pounds. It's taken me five years, probably could have done something sooner, but as Winston suggested, there is a, not only a physical transformation that happens, but there's very much a psychological, you know, to make it a part of your lifestyle. How do you keep coming to the gym and being consistent? And let me paint a little bit of a picture of where I came from. So back in 2016, I recently had set why well, separated and I uh, had two kids. Very important to note because taking care of yourself is never easy when you have a two and a half and a four year old. I weighed 238 pounds. I was 40 years old. Um, It was at that time that as I was rebuilding my life, I started to reconnect with what I always loved, which was the outdoors. And I had, I believe, done the Mount Marcy, you know, amongst other things. I learned about wilderness, wilderness survival, but I did my Eat, Pray, Love summer vacation, which was Mount Marcy. Yes, I did do this, and I nearly killed myself. It was basically the tallest mountain in New York State, uh, elevation over 5,000 feet, but you actually climb about 3,600 of it. 
go up and down all in the same day, 21 kilometers. Took me, I don't know, 12 hours. Um, but my knees were in a very, very terrible state. And to give you an idea of how bad my knees were and still are, because it's not gotten better, um, I have uh, a host of issues. Um, I'll get into them. So essentially, my surgeon, when he saw my report, said, in 10 years, Catherine, you're going to need a knee replacement. Again, to put that in perspective, that's a big deal because knee replacements don't last more than 10 years each. So if I'm going to do this when I'm 50 and six, like that's just not good. Mm -hmm. So I knew right away it was an issue. So what I had problems with is stage four osteoarthritis, which is the last stage of my right knee, stage two on the left, meniscal tears in both, ACL tear in my right knee. Well, according to your uh, uh, report that the doctor wrote up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ACL is not there. Yeah. <laughs> Something like ACL, that. ACL uh, not visible, suggesting a tear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Anyways, I remember when the physiotherapist read it to me and she was sh the look on her face, like if not one of those things was bad enough, right? The osteoarthritis stage four, the rest of it was just like a, like a kick in the, in the mouth, right? And what brought me to that stage of seeing the physiotherapist was I discovered I can't walk downstairs without holding my holding the rail to hold my weight. I just can't hold my weight. And that was really disturbing to me. As you can imagine, I'm trying to rebuild my life. I'm rediscovering the outdoors. And I'm starting to realize I may not be able to do what I love. I'm getting emotional <laughs> because I was very emotional. I remember I was crying when I heard that. Mm -hmm. My kids were in the room and um, I realized, holy fuck, I need to make a change. And I had learned, am I, and, and I thought, it, thankfully I met, I knew Winston at the time because I remember before I saw the surgeon, I had um, asked him for help. I wanted to strength train. I knew at the, I, I, in my own instinct, I knew, and from the physiotherapist, I needed to work on exercises to strengthen the muscles around my knee to support. So we were simply doing body weight lunges and squats. And I noticed, interestingly enough, at the beginning, it hurt. But after doing it a second set, third set, you, you start to almost like add warmth and, and, and fluid to the joints. I'm like, oh my God, movement's good for you, right? Mm. That was kind of like an aha moment. And I remember at that time you're telling me about water intake and omega-3s, mm. huge. And all these things really did help me. And they were the things that helped nudge me doing more and more and more, giving back my life. So I was feeling really good about it. And I was so grateful that I started to do that and go to the gym with you because then I saw the surgeon and the surgeon told me not to do those things not to do squats, not to do, regardless of how much weight I put on, even if it was body weight, like don't do it, don't kneel, don't hike, don't do the things, Catherine, that you essentially love to do. And I walked out of there thinking, I don't fucking believe it. I want a second opinion. So I went to my doctor and I said, I want, I, I want you, uh, I don't know how I got to the uh, Grand River Sports Medicine Clinic, but they're a sports medicine you know, and, and then the doctor there specializes in knees. I'm like, perfect. Because I want an athletic approach. I'm not, I'm not an athlete. Yes, you are. I am now. But I wasn't then. No, but, but everybody should think of themselves. They as should. One. And that's, but I wanted to be treated like one. I mm. wanted to not be, 
I didn't want to give people to give up on me mm. and I didn't want to give up on myself. So I said, screw that. There's gotta be a way. So I saw Dr. Hall and he explained to me like a number a host of things from, um, the key things were weight loss. Um, he told me weight loss, strength training and reducing inflammation through mm. foods. Those were the three key things, but weight loss and strength training huge. So I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. So what are the things I need to work on? What are, you know, what's weak? And, and then we started to identify through a physiotherapist that my glutes sucked. Women, you know, knees are often a problem, especially when you're going to hike. And I told them what I wanted to do. I had big, grandiose plans, right? And I told them about the hikes I've been doing, a backpack. I want to be, my goal then, to the, then, I want to backpack 25 to 20, 25 kilometers a day and do it for five days in a row, no problem. That was my goal. Okay, we'll get you there. Right. And, you know, we, we identified the, the glutes that were problematic. And then I was working with you in the gym. So we went from that was my start to getting the approval and support of a health team behind me to start going in that direction. And it was phenomenal. And with that, I believe I was on Weight Watchers and I was losing a little bit of weight. And I think I got down to basically about from 238 at my highest, mind you, that's right after kids, right? So maybe it was more like 230, I can't remember, to then around 205, you know, through White Watchers. And we were going to the gym, I don't know, was it five times a week? Usually four days a week. Four days a week, upper body splits. We were powerlifting, right? And, you know, the journey there in one year was incredible. We, I, to, I'll, I'll explain the upper body and lower body. So upper body bench press. I struggled to bench press the bar, 45 pounds. By the end of one year, I was doing 95 pounds. I doubled it, right? For reps, yeah. Yeah. And then squatting, which everybody would say to me, Catherine, be careful, your knees, right? Of course, of course you would because of what you're doing, the movement pattern, um, put, you think it put a lot of strain on you. Now you're going to add weight. So again, the same bar is 45 pounds. I went up to 190 in one year. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I was unstoppable. <laughs> right? And at the same time, and, and, you know, just to be more transparent, because there might be other people who are listening to this, with this you know, similar issues. Um, the other things that I had done to support my journey, my strength training journey and hiking, et cetera, um, I, had, I got braces for my knees, right? Just to just nudge my bones and everything into place, my knee joints into place as I do things. I got orthotics, I believe. Yeah. I think I did. Uh, and those were the two key things. And I, I As far st- as support devices, yeah. Yeah, and I stuck to, um, you know, the mega-3s and the water. What, do you want to reflect on just like that journey and what you're... Well, the the fundamental thing you ran into, like when we started training together, is you were weak and you had no range of motion, like especially around the knee. Like your hips were very flexible. Yeah. But your knees didn't move well, right? Because Because you were so inflamed? Well, uh, also I think you were afraid of them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because anything that hurts, you want a baby. Yeah. Right? And and to an extent, like, uh, you know, don't take it as if it hurts, beat the shit out of it. But it's... Um, and you'll hear this over and over in this is it's little baby steps of progressive overload, 
right? And that doesn't mean always mean weight. We just gradually increased your range of motion, right? So whatever you could start with, mm-hmm. that's what we started with. Yeah. And then we went a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper as the the knee joint, um, you know, became more fluid. Right. Um, it's kind of like, like a, if you've ever had a sticky hinge, right? You work it back and forth and all of a sudden, you know. You warm it up. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it moves further. And so I remember... Of course, for me, everything was newbie games because, and that's the good news for anybody first starting out in any new activity, including strength training. But we were adding like two pounds a week, maybe. It was five, but whatever. Was it five? Yeah, because okay. two, there's just no two pound or one pound plates. Mm. <laughs> it's like. Right, right. I, I, I see everything I do, folks, is always about one side <laughs> of yeah. my bar. That's how I look at it. Um, I don't yeah, she would go, uh, yeah, just put on. You know, uh, like I'm going to lift 25 pounds today. Which is really way more than that. Which is like a 25 on each end is what she's meaning. Yeah, plus yeah, the weight yeah. of the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I meant. Catherine never learned to speak gym rat. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just phenomenal to me because time flies, how quickly you do improve. And and as you always said, is that form always follows function. Mm-hmm. Don't worry that things will change. And, and I... And I it really has come back full circle and, and I think it really accelerated the past two years for me, year and a half during COVID, especially because we started to bring everything indoors, but that's when it really all came together because of a number of things. But now, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but honestly, I've got, I'm back to my university. I'm 177. Okay. And I, and I'm still dropping weight. I've got, um, so back to university weight, even high school actually, when I was 18 years old, I remember that weight. Uh, I've got way more muscle than I've ever had. Um, Delts, traps, traps, my back, I'm getting lines on my stomach, vertical lines, and I, you know, like everything's massive, like obliques, like I can feel that, it's like, ooh. You know, and you, when you give me massages once and you can feel my, like the individual muscles, mm-hmm. I'm feeling bone stick out, which is kind of grossing me out on my collar and my, where the, I don't know, the doubt joints. It's really yeah. gross. And he's like, what? That's what you're used to having, you know, having fat there all year. I'm like, yeah, I am actually. Now I'm grossed out. But it's, it's, you know, I've got tight arms. They're very thin. They're sculpted. Like, it's just really cool. And I will say my motivation is no longer my knees because they haven't felt pain in a long time. And I'm just trying to see what kind of a fantastic body I can get into at this stage because I've never had it. Right. So it's it's exciting. And I'm walking around in short shorts, which being Portuguese and carrying those jeans, you know, all on your hips and your thighs and cellulite. Like I never did that. And I have a little bit of cellulite, but not not as much as I used to. And I'll wear sports bras because I'm so hot all the time, right? Maybe I look hot, but, but I'm hot. And so I have no, all of a sudden, the, the psychological transformation, because there's no more muffin top, it's like just walk around in a sports bra and shorts, go outside, go biking. I just don't care. Yeah. Go in a bikini now. It's like, wow, like that wasn't there before. Yeah, because I think what you'll run into uh is that if you can make 
um, mental changes along the path of physical changes, uh, then the whole of you changes, right? Whereas if there's physical changes happening, but you still think of yourself as the old person, Mm, yeah then then you still and this is why some people like they make all this progress but they're not happy because the mental part doesn't go with the physical part Hmm. um whereas you're running into that right where it's like and you know we we've got a bunch of different things to break down with this right because we want people to be able to have the tools themselves to be able to actually execute on this type of thing um but it really does come in. It's like when you're uh, the you you see in the mirror is the you you see in your head, right? And it lines up, and and you're happy about it. Um, then you can have a much you know uh, more positive outlook on yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna say I've always had a positive outlook on myself, maybe too positive. Where I think I look thinner than what I do. No, seriously. Like, mm-hmm. And then when you see a photo of yourself, you're like, oh, wow. You so know? at least then you'd be, you, you'd be like a happy chubby person. I was. <laughs> no, it's true, you yeah. know. And um, yeah. But let's talk about something that's real that I think a lot of parents face is the guilt, especially moms. I find this is probably more common with moms because you tend to be taking care of the family a little bit more. I think it's, it's all evening out these days, but I certainly, when I was married, couldn't justify my mind the time to go to the gym because I felt like I was dumping the kids on my husband. Who's? And that was wrong. Even though he was exercising, doing his things, going for walks, although he would take the kids too, right? He'd put them in buddy because that was his exercise. But for me, I couldn't, I, I just, I did, you know, you, you face so many pressures. You're trying to take care of the kids. You're trying to take care of the family. You're trying to have a relationship with your spouse, take care of yourself. You've got work, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, taking care of your health often just didn't happen. And there wasn't the crisis moment too. And maybe there would have been at that time. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think I would have been as successful because in my head, and that was my problem, um, that was an issue. Um, and I felt like I was being incredibly selfish to take care of myself, even if it was just, cause and at the same time, you know, I think in my mind I needed like an hour or two hours cause that's what, at the gym, Yeah, you know? So that's a real thing. It really is when you're like, I co-parent half the time, but when you're a full-time parent, you struggle with that and you have to at some point reconcile that it is, you just gotta for life, right? So let me explain how I got over it. Um, Certainly that doctor, physiotherapist reading my report helped me like fucking get over it, but I was already going to the gym. They had a daycare, my kids would go there. And my physiotherapist reminded me that me going to the gym, even though they're going to daycare, is a really great role model to your kids mm-hmm. to take care of themselves. So I, I, I took solace in that. Um, but you know, that was for quite a few years and, and I just prioritized and I said to the kids, like, I've got to do this. And then often you and I would meet at the gym and I know I, I, I tried to stick to an hour. Mm-hmm. 
an hour 15 an hour and a half at the most with when the kids were there um and you gotta remember this is me going to the gym i think picking up at five or and then we get out of there by seven and they're going to bed Mm -hmm. we're eating like you can imagine like this is all pretty tight timelines and they're little kids and but i'm making it happen and the gains are that you're getting in better shape you're you're able to start doing more things the things that you love including spending time with the kids um but then there were times over the course of the years that I could include them. Yeah. Right? Because we transitioned to climbing, bouldering, indoor climbing. Well, we added that. Yeah. We added that. And so it came a point where like, wow, this is actually something we can do with the kids. And I always loved that because then I know I felt less guilty, right? And a better parent now including the kids and doing something together. And you don't always work the hardest when the kids are there because they want you to watch them, whatever. But then we start to work as teams and, and, and you do. So now you're building a lifestyle that now includes them and is healthy for them mm-hmm. that you can take indoors and out, which now we do mountain biking, which is fantastic. Well, and back to the thing of, you know, parents prioritizing their, their own health. Mm-hmm. Think of what do they tell you in the emergency <laughs> thing in an, uh, an airplane. Like you've sat through a bunch of them. Yeah. Put the mask on yourself first, because if you pass out from no oxygen, you can't help anybody else. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's just that simple thing. If you don't look after yourself, you can't look after anybody else. Honestly, if I had stayed at that weight, um, I think it'd be pretty scary, especially with what had been happening with COVID and all the mental stress with that. Well, and if you think about the fact that um, one of the number one uh, comorbidities with COVID that, that meant either, you know, severe symptoms, hospitalization or death was obesity, right? So even if you didn't know it, you, you know moving out of the obese category yeah, uh, and becoming fit because there's also a lot of evidence that uh, now that being fit, like exercising regularly, 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise, moderate to intense is what they called it in the study. Um, But they looked at basically a hundred thousand people in Korea. Right. And then they also looked at the elite athletes and and the effect of uh, the effect of COVID on them. And, uh, if you're not obese and you're in shape, COVID was much more of a nuisance than life-threatening, mm-hmm. right? So those are those kinds of things that even if you didn't know it, you were just preparing for the pandemic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the mental outlook, right? Yeah. So the one thing that I love about exercise is that just doing exercise alone a lot of other things just fall into place you tend i i personally drink a lot more water which normally i never do because you're thirsty you're you you need it right i tend to eat better because even after exercise i'm not hungry yeah but also i think there's a i think there's a psychological thing with it as well of i just put the work in i don't want to wreck it well, today I burnt 1,500 calories. I'm like, fuck, I can go have a pizza. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't. No, but you know what? Um, I yeah, found... It, it, 
let, let's let's we'll take and go to that because we went mountain biking today. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we've got we've got the fancy Garmin watches that Tracks. give us a rough approximation of the amount of calories we burned based on heart rate. Yeah. Um, and so you know, in a in a roughly three hour ride, Catherine burned roughly fifteen hundred calories. You know, these aren't like going to a lab and having it measured, but it it's an indication. Um, and what did we have for dinner? Yeah, we had chicken breast, uh, squash, and Caesar salad. Yeah. Yeah. And it was grilled on our fabulous Traeger, <laughs> um, you know, pellet grill. Now we're like Joe Rogan, podcasters who talk about their <laughs> Traeger grill. I know, we need a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but that's the thing. Even though we, we created a big caloric deficit mountain biking today, Yeah. Um, we ate twice today. Yeah. Uh, and... Both of them were, were, you know, we're going to be in a caloric deficit. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. My diet's really changed, and and, and just to, to finish off what I was saying and 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 continue this point mm-hmm. as well. Um, when you start working out, you start to um, pay attention to how you eat and how, especially if you're strength training, how you can support it. And one of the best things is protein. Mm-hmm. It's no. It's not rocket science. You hear that all the time. You know, protein, protein, protein. Eat a lot of food, and protein for weight loss as well. I, I guarantee. Here's my secret. Um, it is for every pound you weigh, you're supposed to have in grams of protein. Of course, I had at the time two hundred. I was two hundred pounds when I was at that first milestone of weight loss. I couldn't eat two hundred pounds of protein a day. Like two hundred grams. Two hundred grams. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's hard yeah it's hard even 150 grams was hard and today is hard yeah um but you have protein you have vegetables right you're not hungry you are not hungry and you will lose weight yeah because one of the and it's and you will not and because the other problem with losing weight is people who lose weight because they just uh calorie deficit they lose muscle and fat yeah in fat, but you don't want to lose the muscle because yeah. the muscle is huge. The muscle is the engine, right? It's what moves you. Um, and muscle, like if you can um, increase the amount of muscle mass you have, you will burn more calories doing nothing, right? Like muscle tissue is active tissue. You know, I, I just want to give muscle another um, shout out because this was another aha moment. I used to ride my bike a lot. Actually, when we first met years yeah. ago, right in the tour, the tour to Cambridge, tour, tour to, to Grand, Grand, whatever it was called. Yeah. And there are hills, you know, that I have, I know exactly what they felt like then. And I went back to it. And I remember about a year after we were working out, I'd go for a bike ride. I'm like, Oh, you know, what used to be a cardio issue, even though I was in shape, like it was still hard. Mm-hmm. My, I, I, for the first time ride out, which I had not been right, I had no excuse to be, have good cardio because we never did cardio in the gym because <laughs> anything over five reps was cardio. That's what the joke was. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't do cardio at the time. Um, I realized how much my muscles powered me through that hill. Yeah. It's just, you can, you're stronger. Yeah. And I was like, huh? So I was like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, yeah because, I felt like Scooby-Doo, right? Yeah. yeah, it was really interesting. Um, so that was a shout out to me. And, and at the same time, um, 
you look fantastic when you have muscles like and I see that now right like I you know you can be lose weight but be a flab yeah the it's sort of the the standard you know or the the term for it is skinny fat yeah right you look in clothes you look skinny yeah but out of clothes you look doughy right you're just soft and it doesn't take long to what to get rid of the let me explain that one um my stomach my abs yeah so that really started i think we started training that consistently because we didn't do it in the gym it was when we brought our home started our home gym because of covid we did more with resistance bands Mm -hmm. right um i'd say the ab roller was huge huge resistance band and ab roller that alone oh my god and and then uh weighted carries yeah right those things alone did not take long for you to start building your oblique muscles. And all of a sudden, and of course, when you start to lose weight, but you feel them, you're like, mm-hmm. wow, this is kind of, this is really interesting. Like, this is all new to me. So I'm like turning myself on just thinking about like, wow, what's this, right? Yeah. It's just like, you, you, you know, and it's funny because years ago, I had this vision of myself almost like that. Um, CrossFit girl look mm-hmm. and I actually see it happening like I never knew what I would look like if I was thinner and muscular mm-hmm. but I see it I actually see my shoulders almost you know those skinny guys that are built yeah but their shoulders kind of like brought out like forward 3D I They're see that dimensional yeah. yeah I see that like almost like it concaves in a little bit the chest but it, your shoulders come out I see that mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god that's pretty, it's really exciting when you see this body transformation, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it really happened quickly just recently for me. And it well, because it's dropping, uh, building a little bit more muscle and dropping, like, because for things to be visible, there's just a fat threshold. Right. right? When you, when you, it's like, you're just basically, you've lost weight, but you're still kind of stocky looking. And then a little bit more and a little bit more. And all of a sudden, boom! it's like, I can see stuff. Yeah. And it was, and I can even speak more directly. I know I talked about five years of weight loss, mm-hmm. but even the past two years or even last year, because COVID, right? We're yeah. at home, we're working out and it was going well. I broke my arm in June, my elbow. I couldn't do much for two months, right? Really limited my climbing, like anything. I could just walk. Um, I gained 15 pounds. Because mm-hmm. my eating fell out of check. I was on keto or eating like keto, right? Um, no, I wasn't doing the meal plans, but I was doing pretty good. And then I was working out and I gained 15 pounds. So that's real. Um, I think it's very common. COVID-15, right? Um, yeah, yours was the broken arm 50. Yeah. And then I realized, I think what got me back into, well, too detailed. <laughs> Didn't like my my look in certain positions. Um, but anyways, um, too much information. <laughs> no, what happened was um, and I was feeling inflammation again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, November. This past November, I went back on keto. Yep. But I did it. I knew now to do it religiously based on the menu plan. I lost 12 pounds in one week. I had never done that before. That was just the water, of course. That was the water. I don't care what you call it. To me, it was just phenomenal. But But it was very motivational. Yes. Right? To see that. I'm like, boom. I'm like, ooh, this is great. This is really, really, really great. So I did that. 
And then we were working. And then I think that gave me obviously the levity and, and the working out, getting back into it, being consistent mm-hmm. with working out. This is coming up to Christmas, right? Um, and then came March. Um, we had been working out consistently for quite a few months. Mm-hmm. And I saw this kettlebell swing challenge that just sounded like so crazy, 10,000 in one month. And I'm like, and you're supposed to get amazing results. And most people drop like 10 to 20 pounds. I'm like, I'm in. Like, that's just crazy. I, I, if people can do this, I've got, I got to check this out. It's like, I, I, you know, fear of missing out, right? Mm-hmm. So I do it. And of course, it was near Easter and I gained five pounds. I remember during Easter because I, I just went all out on the carbs and the stuffing. But overall, I did lose about 10 to 12 pounds, massive posterior strength, cardio fitness. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. So those two things, I basically lost 15 to 20 pounds because right now I'm 177. I was close to 200. So that's... 23 pounds. And I've been, you know, continuously losing weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think what I want to explain to people is that there were goals along the way. Mm-hmm. Like initially when I first started, I remember I said, my goal is to be able to hike, backpack, you know, with a 30, 40 pound pack on, 25K a day, five days in a row, no problem. And I, I never actually did that. Yes, you did. In Utah? Yeah. Is that what you were thinking? Okay. Okay, we did it in Utah. Um, I don't think it was that many kilometers a day though. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah. I need to write these things down. Yeah, like we do. <laughs> I, like I, that, and, that's, that, and that's another key thing. And that, it, that trip total was six days, and was it was about 140 days? kilometers. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Shit. Really? Wow. See, and that's something I'm not good at. Thank God. Thank goodness for Winston, because he'd constantly remind me, you just broke a record this week, Catherine, strength training, or did you know this? I'm like, no, I didn't, you know? And the feedback, you kept giving me feedback with the weight loss, right? And mm. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're just being sweet. <laughs> you know? But have but, you ever known me to ever be no, sweet? No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> so I should just take it, right? But um, it is important to record these things mm. and and um, and whatever your goals are, right? Like if it's to look good, is it performance? But for me, it was initially backpacking. And then, um, you know, the knees did become, even, even though I was in good shape, I... I was feeling still inflammation. I could, you know, especially climbing. I remember I wasn't able to do some things like rock onto a knee as you're mm-hmm. doing a high knee. Like there are certain movements well, but then I the couldn't fact, do. Yeah. And, and, you know, essentially what we've been trying to do is put off knee replacements. That's exactly what we're trying to do. As far as we can. Right. Right. So the fact that you and I mountain biked on, you know, not massively hilly terrain down at Turkey Point today. But it's not flat, right? You're punching steep little hills over and over and over again. Did your knees hurt at all? Do you know what? You made a really good point there. No, of course not. But I think the first time I rode, my knees, they did. And it was last year. Yeah. I mean, I was lighter. I'm trying to remember. This was even, no, it was after I broke my arm. So I was heavier. But my knees were killing me. I remember that um, because we were at that place i think in um september that little look like a trailer trash cabin <laughs> you know what i'm talking about um, oh yeah yeah, in yeah. Turkey, uh wasega beach. Wasega beach anyway it was a cute little place it was it was quaint but it was anyway um my knees i i, I had to go to sleep like my knees were in pain i couldn't do because we 
I could only do so much. So even from last year to this year, there's been a difference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's from the riding. Well, or I think was it the training we've been doing indoors? Has it translated? Well, it's going to be a combination, right? Because we started at again uh, certain movements. Yes. You know, lower body wise. Like rear stepping lunges, weighted. Yeah. Um, which I love. I hate it, but I love. You know, uh, your goblet squats are getting deeper. Your, you know, all those things that have a lot of like knee actuation. Yeah. Um, and then you're riding regularly, right? So it, it's building capacity. Right. So kind of like what we were doing in the gym, powerlifting. I don't powerlift anymore, obviously, with the COVID too, which actually was a blessing for us to change our workouts because our workouts now are um, higher volume, mm-hmm. right? Lower weights because we don't have a, a, a rack here. Yeah. So we have a plethora of kettlebells that look like they've just had babies from like 10 pounds up to 60. 62, yeah. Yeah, some of them double. So we could do double squats with them, whatever. Um, so we have that. Then we had the T-Rex. Now we have the rings instead. We yep. use those and On the chin-up bar. bar. Which, by the way, I've got to record this because my we'll talk about my new challenge in a minute. Um, I just did an assisted pull-up, chin-up. For those who don't know what that means, you have a resistance band on the chin-up bar. You stretch it down. You put your knee in it. So it's essentially... It takes some of the weight off. Right. It's like a 40 to 80 pounds, something like that, is the resistance on it. So it gives you about that much off a little bit. And in the past, I had to use a heavier resistance band, giving me even more support. Plus, Winston would have to lift me up for me to do it. My friend said to me, you know, can you do it? I'm like, no, I can't, but I'll show you essentially how. And I, and I did it. And that was from all the other training I did, and plus losing a little weight, mm-hmm. right? I couldn't believe it. So yeah, I'm really no, excited. Nothing will improve your pull-ups quicker than, you know, even if they're like they're assisted or negatives or whatever, like doing pull-ups regularly. You don't have yeah. to do a lot, but doing them regularly. Yeah. And lose weight. Because well, you're the weight that you're lifting. Yeah. And, and it was funny because Winston had a goal for me in one month. It's called Grease the Groove. It's this exercise where if you just several times a day, he knows because I can't do chin-ups, um, just try, you know, just keep trying, trying, trying. And eventually you'll start, or maybe was you want me to do negatives. Yeah, lower, slow. So you go up, you get a chair, and then you lower, slow. And if you do enough of those, you just naturally build. Yeah. So if you do eight of those a day, one at a time, at various points. Fully rested for, in between. Yeah, and you do this like 30 t- for 30 days in a row, you would see massive gains. Mm-hmm. And I called him bullshit on that. And I never actually, in this case, we were doing some other training. It wasn't actually just that, but it was training for it. We never stuck with it. I never did it. But I, at the time, I didn't believe it. But obviously, all the other but stuff. But you, you've done grease the groove with push-ups. That worked. Yeah. That worked really well, Because you actually. can do it with any exercise. Just any exercise that you don't have to um, set up a lot of equipment. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. chin-ups and me never in my life have I done that. Mm-hmm. So now that I can at least do it without negatives, like, I see a pathway now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited to, although I have some kind of tendonitis thing in my elbow, so that might prohibit it right now, prevent it right now, 
a little bit. But that for me is exciting to do that grease the groove more regularly to mm-hmm. to actually document it and share it with people because I think it seems like bullshit to me. But when you actually do it and you get the you 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 get the results, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing you'll run into. And this kind of is kind of an overarching theme that I always want to get across to like anybody that I help do programs or clients or any of that kind of thing is uh, if you can restructure um, your lifestyle, the things like losing weight, building muscle, uh, looking better, being healthier, all of that. They almost happen automatically. They do. Right? Because we run into the thing, like human beings are meant to move, right? So if you want to make it really kind of like um, uh, 10,000 foot view, right? It's a case. And you don't have to implement these things all at once, right? But lift heavy things. Right. And and how you do that can vary. It can be barbells. It can be fucking stones. Right. But humans were meant to lift stuff. And heavy is relative to what you can do at a given point. So it might be little to begin with, Mm. you know, but it's like lift heavy things regularly. But don't make yourself tired, like, you know, wreck yourself from it. Mm -hmm. Um, As Catherine pointed out, when you get injured. Oh, my God. You backslide very quickly. Right. Um Lots of low-grade movement, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, it's the puttering, it's the moving around, it's the walking, it's the, you know, anything that isn't like, you know... Your steps, for example. Categorized as exercise. Yeah. You know, you're not putting on your, like, Lululemon pants and, you know, putting a sweatband on and getting the tunes on. No, you're just going about your day. But it's just increase that mid-level activity. Um getting up more, yep. walking around more, Yeah. right? Um, food is remarkably simple. Eat real food, non-processed stuff. Because processed foods, like uh, things in packages that don't go bad, um, are engineered to be hyper-palatable. And foods that are um, super yummy, you tend to overeat on, Right? But if the majority of your um, meals, you know, are whole foods, you know, fruits and vegetables, um, meats. uh, Lots of protein. Yeah. um, You will not be hungry. The other thing that we do is fasting. Do you still do that? Intermittent fasting. Intermittent. Well, but that's what it's called. Like you're not fasting. Fasting is eating nothing. Right. So what I mean by that is essentially after your dinner, don't eat until like lunch the next day. Yeah. But what I do have is a coffee and I do put cream in that. Okay. So I have. So you're not fasting. Oh, what the fuck? I'm eating less. Yeah. that. And it's caffeine. So caffeine is actually a really good trigger first thing in the morning to freeing up your brown fat cells. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? And then it's actually the best time once you've had the caffeine to go exercise at an aerobic state. Yeah. Um, you'll burn that much more fat because those fat cells are released and you, you can burn them. And um, going to your point about just, you know, 
not exercising, but just move more movement. Something that I noticed for sure working from home, I don't always get a lot of steps in, right? Unless I deliberately go for my weighted hikes that I used to do at the beginning of COVID and I don't. So on those days that I don't, I, I'm probably like 2000 steps. It's, it's really bad. I started dog sitting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 10,000 steps, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it actually, I really missed the dogs. I really loved Fergie. She was so cute. She was such a doll. She was a pug. They're your instant buddy in shadow. Oh, my God. Anyways, um, yeah, it, it's, it became a ritual. Mm-hmm. And so my ritual in the morning is I get up, have coffee, I um, put on my shorts, whatever. I go out. I, I usually putter in the garden because now I've li- we. I, I live in a house now instead of a condo, and I have a garden, and so I'm watering everything. And um, I like to garden outside. But then, um, so I just go water those plants. But then I go for a walk, and if I do like a half hour, forty five minute walk, that's like four thousand steps. Mm-hmm. That's just the more. And I listen to the news. Because I like that. And I listen to a podcast, New York Times. So that's what I do in the morning. Yeah. And I got my coffee and I'm talking to people with their dogs. That's a great morning. Yeah. So it's not just the physical bit. It's the psychological. Like it, it sets your day up. It really does. It's just, it fills my cup. It's how, it's it's so enjoyable. It's my me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the thing. Like if, if people start thinking of it as uh, the end goal, Right. And this is one of the problems so many people run into is that even if they have all the discipline and they stick with it and they lose the weight and they get in better shape, you know, a lot of times people backslide, right? They gain back everything they lost. Yeah. Because they think when they've made it there, they've made it. You know, and then you can just do whatever you want again. Mm -hmm. Right. But any of us that have ever been overweight, um, you run into the thing you didn't get there by doing everything right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there were, were choices, maybe not well thought out choices, but you know, whether it's what you eat or how active you are or um, how much alcohol you drink or any of these different things, right? Cause they can have an effect on your, on your body fat levels. Um, if you think of it as less than optimal choices, even small ones made over a long period of time have an effect, Mm -hmm. right? So what I want people to do is think of it as reversing that process. Um, Small beneficial actions done over a long period of time, right? By making it part of your lifestyle. Um, make a massive difference you know in the apartment i um you gave me your bike stand Mm -hmm. right this yellow wooden structure that leans against the wall um or weighted with a bike leans against the wall and you could put two bikes on it i don't know what it was but i loved seeing my bike and my trainer in my living room and at first when i put the trainer with the because i have two bikes um, one's on the stand and one's on the trainer. I'm like, this is kind of crowded when my kids come out. We left it there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never took it down. It just became a part of the room. Yeah, we have to walk around it. But, but then it's it, there but it reminded me. 
it was sometimes a clothing rack, I'll admit that. <laughs> but but I think what was cool is it always reminded me and then whenever and I used it all the time. Like I'd grab my bike and we'd go biking all the time. Mm-hmm. And it just it always put the things that I love front and center. Mm-hmm. And now this new house that we're in, the living room is like twelve by twenty five. Half of it is a gym. Yep. And great conversation piece as I work from home you can see my you know my chin up bar behind me in the next room but no honestly it's here it's easy it's ready to go it's always in your face as a reminder aside from being a reminder it's there yeah and it just is a part of my life and it is on an almost daily basis well and that that's one of those things where um luckily a lot of our audience um they're into uh, outdoors activities, right? So they like doing stuff. So, you know, they're sort of like in the same position you were in, which is, hey, there's this stuff I like to do. I want to be better at it. So finding, um, like, I, I would be at a loss for people who don't like being active, right? And and so finding ways of being more active. Mm-hmm. Um, to accomplish their goals can be really difficult because if you don't like activity, you know, like we're talking a simple uh, triumvirate, right? Yeah. Activity, um, nutrition, and, you know, the the others and that sleep that's... Oh, that's huge. You know, uh, other things that can sort of make a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's infrared sauna, ice baths, uh, you know, there's all these different things, different supplements. Like they're not going to accomplish it for you, but they can nudge you. You talked about that a lot. All these little nudges in yeah. the right direction. Let's talk a little bit about um, I, I, I do relate to the camp that people are like, oh, I, I hate exercising, especially alone. I'm with you like on the exercising alone. So I purposely find people to go do shit with and I purposely schedule, especially if, you know, in the middle of the day, take a break, work from home and you're sitting in front of a screen all day. Um, Great time. I actually love listening to REI's uh, Wild Ideas Worth Living podcast. It's my happy podcast when I go on my own in on in the country roads riding. But then recently I kind of worked out a deal with Ryan because he's been working out with us again. Um you know, if we have to put out four workouts or screw that, even three, come over at least one day a week, work out with me at lunch. We'll get Mm -hmm. it done with. Yeah. Right. Cause I hate working out on my own. Hate it. It's, it's not easy for me at all. So I know that about myself. Mm -hmm. So I purposely structure my days and find other people to do shit with. Yeah. And it's that finding whatever your weakness is. Yeah. Then you just find a way around it. Right. It, like if you hate working out on your own. Yeah. Then, you know, obviously we work out together fairly regularly, but uh, you have a more flexible schedule than I do. Right. So then it's the thing of like, okay, well, let's knock off one at lunch and get somebody to come over and do it with you. Right. Um, uh, and so it's adding in all of the pieces. Yeah. That set you up for success. Yeah. Right. Because if you can figure out. Um, whatever your own impediments are, even if they're you, like 
you know, you not liking working out alone. Yeah. That's not an impediment like not having access to equipment or not knowing what to do. Or, right. Right. That's just a you problem. It is. Right. But you found a way around that problem. Yeah. You know, and this is the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say um, is well, uh, stop looking for motivation. Right. Because motivation is a transient thing. It's up and down. Um, what you need, and this is a skill you develop like every other skill. What, discipline? Discipline. <laughs> like. I know. And, and, but the thing is, is that one of the best things you can do um, is write out a program, whatever it is. Right. It's true. And then check it off like a to-do list. Yeah, there's no questions about what you've got to do. Actually, it's really interesting because people should really listen to a couple other episodes. I think we did one on um, kettlebell training for the outdoor athlete, which is amazing. Yes. And, and, and there's just a so blog people, about that as well. Yeah. Go ahead, Winston. Um, so a thing that the principles that we talk about in that can be applied to other types of training as well. Like, I don't want people to go, well, I don't have kettlebells, so I can't, you know. Right. Like, we apply the same principles to bodyweight training or um, barbells or whatever. Yeah. It's just kettlebells, because of the convenience, happen to be a tool that we're a big fan of um, for home gyms. Very multifunctional, quite yeah. honestly. I'm actually thinking about getting rid of my um, dumbbells. We never use them. Yeah, the only thing, they're not bad for the kids. I was wondering about that too, though. You know, and the, you, you forget, a little while ago, I was doing bicep curls. Were you? You know, for, for, for a four-week um, cycle. Mm. Just because, you know, when, when we both measured our arms and your arms are bigger than mine. <laughs> you know, I had to... I do I, have some fat on my arms, though. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, discipline, I think the other thing that really helped me was setting goals. So actually the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge, I had to work out on my own because it was five days a week and you were not working out five days a week for about a month. And I did it because mm -hmm. I was on a mission. Yeah. Right. So there was that. That's very helpful. Um, but the other thing, too, that I love about Mount, like find activity that you love. Uh, mountain biking today two and a half hours of riding um i don't even know how many kilometers we put on but my heart rate was on average 155 for two and a half hours of riding and that's just fun for me and at yeah, points it was 180 and i'm like painting yeah i'm tired but it is like you're a big kid it's like pure joy and like what exercise do you normally do for that long that sustained that's that fun yeah Right. And that's, and that's my jam. Yeah. And that sort of, that goes back to that thing when I was talking about of like people, uh, I don't know what to say to people that don't have anything physical they like to do. Right. They want the results, right? Yeah. They, they, they want to lose weight. They want to feel better. They want to yeah. look better, all that kind of thing. But there's nothing they like to do. Um. Right. Activity wise, because like us going mountain biking, like we had the day off today. Right. That's what we did. That wasn't like done as a workout. We did that because that's fun for us. Yeah. But it's an ass kicking workout. But our workouts incredibly translate because we went for out for the first time, at least yeah. when I did, I noticed how agile I was on the bike. 
from when I last remembered. Mm-hmm. And that's all because of the training. Indoors. Indoors over the winter, right? Yeah, or even we, the spring. We have a broad base of general fitness. So then anything you do, you'll, you're not going to be the best at it because it takes specific skill. Right. Like you're a way better mountain biker now than you were at the beginning of the season. Oh, really? Okay. You don't know that? Like how you uh, just float through trails? And I, technically speaking, yes. I'm more confident. Yeah, like that's what yeah. I mean about the skill. Yes. Right? You you, you look like a mountain biker now, mm. right? As opposed to, you know, a Fred riding through the forest. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, you're not locked armed. You're not like you float. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's the skill thing, right? Mm-hmm. And your fitness is better as well. And so when all of these things go together, mm-hmm. you just do it better. Yeah. Right. So that's one of those things like you, you really need to start keeping a journal that you can go back to, see to the progress yeah. because you don't remember any of it. I know. You know, like, <laughs> cause this is our second time riding at Turkey point this year. Yeah. And like you were exponentially better this time than last time. Yeah. Like, well, well, we did a lot of blacks, right? Um, I couldn't go up all all of them, but nevertheless, I was really tired a little bit today. My body felt fatigued from the training, I suppose, this week. That's why it's hard for me to... You know what it goes to show is your perception's not reality. No. You need to write it down. Yeah. You need to document. Um, yeah. So... You know, it doesn't matter. I know we're talking about mountain biking and climbing and backpacking. Like, it doesn't have to be those things for you. No, that just happens to be our palette we paint from. But I would say, you know, it's really interesting. Um, Is it Dan, Paul, John, Paul? What is it? Coach? Dan John. Dan John. Thank you. I hate two first names as a... (laughs) Why does parents do that? Okay, Coach Dan John, he's got something called the uh, Easy Strength Program. Yep. You got a great book, co-authored with Pavel Tatsulin, um, you know, the, the crazy Russian that brought kettlebells to North America. Yeah. Um, I have a copy of it. Um. <laughs> and I mentioned this because, and I actually haven't done it, but when you've broken down the routines, I'm like, wow, that's easy. That's why it's called Easy Strength. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the premise is that you do this workout that is when you do it individually, pretty stupid easy and you're wondering if it's actually doing anything Mm -hmm. but you do it five times a week yeah and you do it is there a time you run uh, a month two months two months and what kind of gains do they talk about getting from that well so you get stronger right so the whole the whole concept is you're going to do five exercises so it pretty much covers the whole body Uh, five exercises (laughs) Um, each exercise, you're going to do a maximum of 10 reps. So generally you'd structure it. Um, three of the days are just two sets of five. Um, one of the days are three sets of three. And then one day is a really lightweight and you just do 10 reps and that's it. Then you go to the next exercise. (laughs) Um, and you go up in weight when it feels easy, right? Hence easy strength. And because you're doing five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're getting like 50 reps a week per exercise mm-hmm. at a moderately heavy weight, but it should never be a struggle, right? 
you know, it's like you put five in and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, well, next time I'm going to go up and you go up 20 pounds. And you just run into the thing. You get strong because strength is a skill and you're practicing it, mm-hmm. right? But if you practice it enough, there is enough stimulus that your muscles grow, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so you wouldn't train that year round. Like I would sort of alternate and be like um, two months of easy strength, two months of uh, could be like some kettlebell stuff like we do, then two months of or maybe a twice a year do the 10,000 swing challenge. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, if you mixed a few modalities together, yeah. like in eight-week blocks, it wouldn't be very hard to put a whole year together. Yeah, you just got to be careful because I ran into this overuse injuries with um, the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge. Um, well, you already your hand was fucked up before that. It was, but it's my feet. I'm trying to figure, I, yeah. I lost sensation in my toes. But yeah, and we're trying to figure out what caused that. Yeah, but I also have... No, it could just be, and I think a lot of people run into this a lot. They lose, they get numb hands from, you know, when they have their cell phone in bed. But I get this riding too. And it's just, and then I notice when I sleep, whenever my arms are bent, I'll wake up in the middle of the night because I can't, I can feel that and it irritates me. So mm-hmm. it might be related to my feet. I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. But nevertheless, it might just be tight calves I've never dealt with. <laughs> it's press, pressing on a nerve with my feet. Um, yeah, it's a really neat challenge. I mean, all of these challenges, I think they help to keep you disciplined to complete them Mm -hmm. because, um, you know that there's a guaranteed some kind of a positive result, Mm -hmm. which is, I'd like to do the easy strength for fun because I, because we know that it's pot, you know, it it produces. So let's try it just like grease the groove. Um, and you came up with a variation to the 10,000 swing challenge, which is you're not doing the same thing in excess. Instead, you're doing a, a few other, you're spreading, like you're, you're building strength five times a week at a more aggressive level, high volume, but you're doing it across different um, exercises. Mm-hmm. Could be goblet squats. Yeah, so be, the, the swing is always in there. Right, but you're not doing 500 in a session. You're, you might be doing 100. And then you're splitting up some other. Oh, you're not you're not talking the the original variation I did for you to do it. Yes, I am. Whatever but that I ended up not doing it just because I was. No, 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 no. But I mean the first variation, where it was like an EMOM, uh, right? Swing, 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 push ups. Swing, 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 swing. No, push-ups. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about more recently. I wanted to do it again, oh, but okay. without the overuse injury. Yeah, of just more a little bit more variety. A yeah. variety of exercises, yeah. but ones that are really good for you to make mm. a difference. Yeah. So I find that that knowing that you're going to get results is motivating, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when you don't have to kill yourself to get them, you're going to work. But they're not hard. Yeah. Like when I was, I mean, of course, the first week of the 10,000 swing challenge, just for people who don't know, that's 2,500 swings a week, 500 a session, five times a week. You know, like yeah. it's a lot. But once you get used to it, you put on the tunes and it almost becomes like meditative. Yeah. You just do it and, and you're you done. Do- and I, there's nothing better than being done in a workout in 30 minutes. Because mm-hmm. now I'm getting really, uh, what's the word, lazy. <laughs> if I have to do more than 30 minute workout, 
I don't want to work out forever. I don't. I feel good, but I feel good when it's done. Yeah. And the workout you gave us this week, we're like 20 minutes. Is that it? It's 23, but you know. Whatever. So we did it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. It turned out being hard. I underestimated because it was six kettlebell presses per arm in one minute. So 12. Yeah. And then you got to do the Y bands. Like you take a resistance band, put it at your feet, and then you like you're going, you move your arms up like at the YMCA. Yeah. And you do 10 of those. And your shoulders will burn. But then do you wonder why you've got the shoulders you have now? I wasn't doing that before. <laughs> oh, no, but you were doing variations. Yeah, I do wonder actually. Like I, you know what it is, is that I lost weight, right? And so I don't know if they've always been there and I just couldn't see them. No, because you did not have 3D traps when you were sort of like an inactive house mom. No, I'm talk. I'm talking about like when we've been working out for five years. Oh yeah, well no, no, a lot of that. At what point did those traps really start to develop? Was well, probably the- probably from an ass load of the deadlifts you did. Right, so they were always there. Well, no, but we just couldn't see them. Well, I, I lost it wasn't, the weight. It wasn't so we, like we, you we, just we argue like this. Yeah, but <laughs> but it wasn't like they, um, you developed them in the first year and then they stopped developing in the preceding five or four years. Okay, right. It's like you've been making steady progress on muscular development and steady. You know, it's got its ups and downs, but steady progress in fat loss. And so you're reaching a point where the two are crossing. Right, the fat is coming down enough, and the muscle is going up enough where it's like, "Ooh, I like that lighting." <laughs> I know when you get the dimples in your in your delts, delts, and you can see like and all you can three, see like three different dimples, three different heads of the delt. Is that you know? what that is? Yeah, yeah, because you have an anterior, medial, and posterior yeah, deltoid. Yeah, it's pretty. You start looking like that guy in the the. You know, the bodybuilder is checking out his muscles. And yeah. <laughs> at least, see, this is the good thing is at least you're doing it at home. At home, not at the gym. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it's it's really, it's fascinating, especially, you know, you're 46 years old. If you get bored with your body, like it's something new to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, um, and you feel better. You like, do. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like we're, you know, not just dealing with, okay, you look better, which you do. But you also are stronger. You're mentally more resilient. You're mm. cardiovascularly fitter, right? You can just do more. Um, and you're healthier. Oh, yeah. Right? So so when you look at it, like... And it, it actually does build even more momentum to do more. Yeah. To fine-tune things now. And then And then you have to put a leash on the girl because, you know, ran into the thing of... Uh, you know, two weeks ago, went, oh, man, I feel great. So I'm going to ride my bike eight times in a week. <laughs> and then how come my back's hurting? Because you went from like, you know, three or four strength workouts a week and three bike rides. And to two big ones. Yeah, to eight bike rides. Yeah. It's funny. And that is not progressive overload. I felt good. That's un- the problem. Un- until was you I- didn't. Well... And I didn't know why my back was doing that because every now and then you wonder, right, if it's something different that you pulled. And then I realized as I'm riding with you, at probably one of the highest paces I ever have mm-hmm. at Waterloo Hydro Cut, that those muscles are hurting. I'm like, yeah. oh, 
it's from riding, yeah. mountain biking. That sucks. Because you feel good, but your muscles don't in that area, which is weird. Like yeah. The rest of you can keep going. Yeah. And you're like, really? Yeah, that was a downer. Yeah. So if you take a little hint, if you're going to increase your workload, like never more than 10% per week. It truly is training, you know, and I think that was a different mentality in working out with you is that, um, you know, when you are at the gym and working out, it's not about maximal effort unless you purposely put that into your program and you're at that stage all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. but it never lasts very long it might be just like one session and it takes another month to get back to another maximal effort because it go up and down up and down you know and it's really phenomenal like honestly i say to ryan when we work out i'm like i can't believe these workouts do shit because you're like is this it okay which i'm happy with because i'm like i want minimal at work because i don't want to be working it i don't like working i i do it because it works Mm mm-hmm and once you get into routine, you feel good and you do get progress and it, it just, it's nice. But I don't do it because I love it at all. So I think that that is helpful for people to know that there are such things as workouts. And if they want to know more, to basically check out what we've got or reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that via our website. Yeah. And, and um, this yeah. is this is another one of those ones, uh, another one of the uh, little gems for people to think about is... When you are working out, you want to do the minimum effective dose, right? No more than you need, right? There's no point in like, especially if you're just starting working out, mm-hmm. right? Like if, you know, if you're honest with yourself and it's like you've let yourself go or whatever we call it um, and you've been kind of uh, sedentary for a long time, your workouts can be 10 minutes long and you can see progress, Right. They don't and they don't have to kill you because what we're looking to do is do a little bit more than you did before. Well, if you're doing nothing, everything is a little bit more. Right. So it and that's the fabulous thing. And so it's just little doses because as you get fitter, the doses have to get larger. Yeah. Right. And Um, there's always ways and it doesn't have to be longer. That's what I like. Yeah. You don't have to, that doesn't mean now you have to be on your bike for like two hours because you, you know, you've reached that point. There's different things you can do, whether it be, let's say strength training, it could be volume, you know, it doesn't have to be more volume. It could be going up in weight. It could be shorter rest times. Yeah. It's like supersetting, you you know, you do one exercise and reducing, like doing every minute on the minute. So you do your exercise within uh, on the minute and whatever time you have left over, you rest, but then you start up again and you could do either 10 of those same exercises in a row, which will really fatigue you. Or if you have three different exercises, you cycle through them. Yeah, you circuit. You do a circuit and then you come back to that original exercise if you've done three on the fourth set. So then you've had a bit of a break and you always like, if you're going to do that, you want to rest you do a lower or upper, you do a different muscle group mm-hmm. so you don't fatigue it unless that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that you start to get into some of those like nuances of programming. Right. Which for you matter because you've been training for a while now. Right. Right. And how I structure things. But for most people, it's like if you, from a strength standpoint, if you do a push, which could be a push up or 
overhead press, you know, anything like that. You do a pull. So that could be like any type of row, pull up, pull down, um, face pull, you know. Uh, then you do a squat and you do a hip hinge um, and some sort of loaded carry. There's a whole body workout, right? You've hit everything. Um, if you do that regularly, you're going to run into the thing and, you know, progressively overload, whether it's adding a little bit of weight, doing a few more reps, you know, a few more sets, what, like just little steps along the way. You do that consistently um, for six months, a year, two years, five years. You get in the position that Catherine's been in, which is, oh, my God, I can't believe. It's the what the fuck effect. You know, um, yeah, like, it, but, but it's the thing where it's, it's a journey, right? Not a destination. Yeah. So last, I just want to say some of my key success tips that really worked for me that I think could have accelerated this had I implemented them or even known about them, but probably implementing is more <laughs> the thing because you're always telling me what to do. Uh, protein. So when it comes to food, um, more protein, vegetables, um, the fasting really works for me. It cuts out calories in the morning. I'm using caffeine and burn extra fat if I go do exercise. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Um, the next thing I would say would be uh, every minute on the minute. Love the supersetting. Love, um, you know, when you go from one exercise to the next on reduced amount of rest. Yep. It's fast. It's efficient. It ends up um, building both strength, muscle, and, and cardio. Yeah. In one workout. Exactly. And so... Less, um, and other people have been talking about this too, Winston, um, higher volume, like using works with working with kettlebells and lower weights, less, um, load on your joints. Mm-hmm. So none of that joint, um, fatigue that you would normally feel at the gym, right? Cause you're lifting really heavy, heavy loads. Yep. And especially as you get older, you start to feel that. Um, so I would say, honestly, Every minute on the minute is fantastic. I don't think it matters whether you're using a kettlebell or dumbbell weights. But um, I don't know. The kettlebells are so great because they're so multifunctional. You can do everything. Yeah, because you can do um, ballistic exercises like the explosive ones like Mm -hmm. swings or cleans. And then you can do the grinds, right? Like your Turkish get-ups and your overhead presses. Um, And then, of course, they're perfect for any kind of weighted carries. Right, and you can use um, dumbbells for those, but when the ballistic exercises, yeah, they don't you're better well. off with the kettlebells. And and there's a lot of benefit to that, which when I did the kettlebell swing challenge, oh my God, massive. Mm-hmm. That, it was, that was also because of volume, but your whole posterior chain is... Yeah, if you want, ladies, increased. if you want that booty popping, uh, nothing like doing 10,000 swings in a month. Uh, Again, I didn't notice, but... You're, I'm not looking at my beauty. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like you're, and it's really a shame for you because your back, like upper back, your butt, your lower back, you know, like all of that is so well developed. Wow. But you have no clue because you never see it. Yeah. Right? You know, so it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, look at, you know, it's like the traps and the lats and the, you know, spinal erectors and all the different muscles in your back. Yeah. Right? are super strong, yeah. you know, and super well-developed, and yeah. but you don't see them because they're behind you. Anyway, hope that this was helpful for you. 
Um, check out our other podcasts. We'll put them in the show notes related to this topic. But, um, you know, having gone through this myself and, and, and feeling a bit more of the holy shit, what's just happened here? Um, we thought it was worthwhile sharing this with you. Um, especially how far I've come because, uh, it has been a challenge and I had a lot of obstacles against me, but you know, it's, um, definitely, a, definitely a mental shift, but I think when you're just doing what we all love, which is some kind of outdoors and adventure, this is why we're here mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, you know, you always want to get better and you, you just want to do more of it. So yeah. whether you do more of that, it is always worthwhile checking out um, some exercise to support it though because you can't just always hike and do more hiking there's things you can do to uh, increase your muscle strength yeah because there's always a law of diminishing returns so you know a little bit of mixed training um, a little bit of protein a little bit of vegetables a little bit of good night's sleep huge yeah so on that note until next time uh, as Catherine said uh Anybody got questions, you know, send them in to us. And if you just go on livewildradio.com, you can click in the comment box um, and send us a comment. Um, So, yeah, uh, hopefully you guys found that useful. So until next time, work Work hard. Play dirty.